Hello, and welcome to the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Mignot, and this is part of my 29 Days of Magic series, and where each episode I interview another amazing woman who's doing some great, great work. And today, I'm so delighted to have Debbie Allison, who's the Global Chief Digital Officer for VML Wine Our Commerce. Uh, it's going to be a great conversation. Take a listen. Hey, Debbie. Hey, Laura. I'm so happy that you're on the podcast. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I feel really honored. Uh, it's a delight to have you. So the way this works is the first question, always the same. The answer is always hilarious. I feel like yours will be no different. So, uh, Debbie, what was your first job? Ooh, I <laughs> a thing. So my first job that I can remember, because I'm pretty old now and I probably don't have the best memory, but one of my first jobs was working in a market stall in Hackney, which is in um, which is in London, working on a market stall selling kind of um, bespoke kind of fashion wear um, to predominantly young people. So I had the time of my life. I could get to <laughs> trial out my pitter-patter and my sales you know, I was pre- I was a, an extrovert even at that young age. I think I was what 15, 15 at the time. <laughs> and um, yeah, like I loved spending Saturdays and Sundays in the market stall, um, just selling clothes. And I I learned that I was a good I was a good salesperson. Ah, so so Simon calls it fifteen years old. Hmm. Yeah. Well, you're, 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 and you're selling items that people want in a place that they are happy to be in, which sort of translates what you can do now because you're still working in digital selling stuff that they want in a place that they're in. Uh, so it always kind of correlates in some way, shape, or form. But what was the journey like from going from uh, being in that, in that little mart to where you are today? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, gosh, I love these questions. So I grew up in a council estate in London, um, but because my mum was a, she was an NHS nurse in Hampstead, which is quite a well-to-do area if anyone um, who's listening knows it. And so I went to school near where she worked in, in Hampstead. And it was really light years away in terms of experience between where I was living and where I was being educated in school. So all my friends had, you know, had mansions and pools. And and then, you know, at the end of the day, after our play dates, I used to, you know, go back to a council estate and just that there was such a stark difference in in those experiences. And like, I have to say, like, it made me really hungry for, you know, wanting to do well in my life. And quite frankly, and, you know, it is an experience that made me, but quite frankly, I didn't want to be in, right? And so I spent a lot of time just working really hard at school. And I remember one of my teachers speaking to my mom and saying, you know, she, you know, your daughter is is um, smart and you should think about um, putting her into private education. And of course, my mom couldn't afford it. And at the time, I was really blessed to um uh to get a scholarship to a, an amazing girls um private school in Harley Street in London and it was there that I studied computer science right so we were the first girls school oh my goodness this is making me sound wow. even older oh stop <laughs> but, 
Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, you look 12. Stop. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Laura, for everyone that can't see me. <laughs> um, but I, I went to this private school and I, it was the first um, girls school to offer computer science as a, as a subject. And they only allowed four places in the class. And so the computer, um, the computer teacher was giving interviews to all the students who wanted to apply for a place, right? And you can imagine there was what, probably 30 or 40 students who um, could have been given a chance to, to study um, computer science. And I remember that when he interviewed me, he said, well, why do you want a place on the computer science course? And I knew nothing about computers, by the way, at the time. And I was what, um, yeah, 15 or so, 16. And um, he said, why do you want a place? And I was like, because I want to be rich like you and drive a, a BMW motorbike. <laughs> Fabulous. I love and, it. and he must have just thought, oh, I don't know what he thought. And I'd love to ask him even now. But he basically said, yeah, you got a place. And I got one of the four places on that computer science course. And the rest is really history. I did. Um, computer science at, at GCSE level so that's kind of this age 16 and then I went on to do it at university and then I got a graduate placement at GSK as part of my four-year university course um, really then starting getting into internet technologies and using a lot of what I'd learned um, at school starting to break into coding um, um, in internet technologies then went into technology consultancy and I really started to come to have a penchant for developing really just developing interesting um, user interfaces. I really liked the the discipline of of using something quite logical like coding and, and creating experiences, um, web experiences for people to use, you know, then started um, work on um one of the first teams to do live streaming. So Copper Knobs, um, which was a, a fashion brand, went into live streaming. And then um, for B Sky B, which is now Sky. And yeah, like really the rest is history. I stayed in the digital space, stayed in the commerce space, e-commerce space, really since then. And I love the fact that I kind of fell into it. Um, so when I ever advise anybody about a career or my children and I speak to them about their career I just say try everything because you never never know um what you will wow. fall in love with and, and do amazing so okay you're a woman working in tech in the UK what in the world is that even like I know what's like here in the US hmm. I think um I, I, I feel really fortunate in saying I think it affects me less because it's a really it's a male dominated industry. Right. So actually, but I've, I don't think I've ever felt that I have been disadvantaged because. I, I feel like I deserve my place and I deserve my voice. I actually do think just being a woman has just been challenging in a leadership position so I don't think it's the discipline of, of technology or computing, but I actually think it's just being a, a female business leader that has that has been challenging for me, Laura. Wow, interesting. Because I know, because like I said, here in the US, it is 
interesting (laughs) to say the least least. um and it's similarly white male dominated and Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of interesting stratification because even within tech there's like uh, you'll see like lots of women in tech but it'll be white women in tech it won't be women of color in tech and so there's a lot of that stratification that happens here and you know you know as i've always said to folks like make the economic argument when you include more people you include more money in your pocket because you need the different perspectives yeah um especially when you're building tech to understand the use cases because i'm sure this is a huge thing in your neck of the woods but it's like we were talking about before like you know you may never have thought to use x technology this way but actually these communities use it this way and if you spoke to them with respect Lo and behold, you you get even more users of your technology, and yeah. that oftentimes gets so lost on folks. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there's a couple of things. One of which is, you know, I spoke to you about the reason why I fell in love with technology and, and kind of what I did. But the reason why I I'm still in love with technology is because I do think it's a vehicle. It's a demo, It can be a democratic vehicle, right? So what I love about digital and tech is that actually it's become more accessible, right? So, you know, I look at my daughter who has set up a number of businesses, imported goods from China, set up her own e-commerce platform, you know, driven um, customer acquisition through her social channels. And, you know, back in my day, you would never been able to do that, right? You would have had to have a budget of two million pounds before you could even spin up, you know, an end-to-end solution like that. So the fact that, you know, there are platforms out there that she can tap into and she doesn't have any technical or digital expertise, I think is phenomenal. And I actually see it as an equalizer or at least an opportunity for 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 um, you know people of color for women to really be able to leverage you know this space to their benefit. Um, I absolutely agree with you also though that you know there is a job to be done being able to use digital and technology to to change the experiences and make them more relevant, make them more culturally relevant, make them more relevant to to different people. Um, and I just don't think enough of that is being done at the moment, for sure. Oh, absolutely. It's like, there's so much you can do. <laughs> so uh, so um, what's your day job now like? <laughs> so um, predominantly um, helping our people and helping our clients really understand the power of some of the new commerce channels that are available to their brands and to their customers. So, you know, I spoke to you about my daughter and how she you spun up her own business, you know, and made enough money to, to see her through university. And the fact of the matter is there are lots of entrepreneurs who are really challenging kind of the big heritage brands, right? And so my job is really to see, to, to help our clients understand where what are those new channels how can we leverage them in a way that's agile and responsive and differentiated for the brands and how do we really create standout differentiated culturally relevant experiences for their um for their consumers and so 
you know, that could take the form of social commerce plus the capability that I launched a couple of years ago, really looking at the opportunity of, of social and how we can help use social to drive business growth, not just drive brand love. It could be, you know, the manifestation of the flagship, which I'm now rebuilding in London and New York, that really brings that customer first um, connected brand experience to life for our clients. Um, in a really immersive way. So we use floor to ceiling projection in order to kind of bring that experience to life for clients. It could mean, you know, it also means building up um, capability both for our clients and, and for our people around how they take advantage of marketplaces like Alibaba and Amazon to help drive business growth also in a way that's human centered and understands kind of the needs of or the ever-changing needs of consumers. So really multifaceted, um, really interesting work across a number of clients and, and categories. And then on top of my day job, I'm driving a lot of the programs and initiatives, um, DNI initiatives for our business and for our network. So not busy at all, is what you're saying. <laughs> no. <laughs> just hanging around, just seeing that way. Clocking in, clocking out, no big deal. Oh my god! <laughs> like, yeah, there was Debbie. Oh my goodness. Um, so you have a lot to do, and I'm sure you've had a lot of really wild and wacky experiences. Talk to me about a time when you had a challenge and you're like, "There's no way you got are getting through this," and then you did. Yeah. So probably um, the first iteration of the flagship, right? So. I'd been kind of lobbying our business for a while and uh, my reputation precedes me, Laura, because you'll probably hear this story um, a number of times, but I've been lobbying the agency for a while to build this physical space in which we could really bring the prowess of our, our planning and strategic teams to life in a really creative and immersive way for our clients, right? Like when we talk about shopper journeys, when we talk about experiences, they often kind of show up as bubbles on a PowerPoint presentation. And I was just like, our clients are not going to get this. They're not going to, they're not going to get how their end consumer is really going to feel the brand. They're not going to experience how, um, you know, consumers see the brand across and how the, the brand manifests across different channels. And so I'd lobbied the agency for quite a while to, to kind of invest in creating this space. And, um, um, I finally got the budget signed off and that was like for me Laura I was like this is either a career defining or a career breaking moment it's kind but of there like is no one. There's, know, and there's no in between there's literally no yeah, in between either no it's amazing or oh my god what have I done yeah exactly <laughs> exactly that and um I've never felt such pressure um, to deliver than that moment because there was so much trust so much investment forget about just financial in in really backing kind of my vision um that I I really I really genuinely worried about not being able to pull it off you know from a technology perspective from a creative perspective it was really breaking all the ceilings that had ever been put in place and then for an agency to be driving that um, with their own investment and you you know what it's like working for an agency I mean even updating their website is a <laughs> is a is a bit of a um a, a challenge but to really build and deliver something of such stature of such importance of such impact to our clients business um was um hugely hugely huge pressure on me and I remember 
when we launched and we got Exco into the room, members of, of the Exco cried, cried after they had felt the experience in, in that space. And um, after all the trials and tribulations of getting the technology to work, de- developing creative experiences that were really going to blow the minds of our clients and, and their key customers, um, to really just have that moment where people in the room were so overwhelmed that they were crying with with happiness, I think, for me, was probably one of the most rewarding times of my career. Oh, wow. That is, that's amazing. (laughs) Well, one, what you built was phenomenal and what you're building looks phenomenal for a 2.0. So um, creative finding, oh my God, and amazing. And like, but also the best thing about when you you do great tech is that not only is it amazing, but it does have so many different tentacles and functionalities where folks can see in so many different ways. And that's the thing that I think is so exciting about what you're doing with, um, with the flagship, because like you're going to be able to essentially walk in and be like, okay, now I'm in the store and I can experience. And I think, you know, obviously, you know, you speak my language when it's about experiences. Um, There is something about the way you feel when you walk into a experience, a shopping experience like that. And, you know, if you think about all the times in in our own lives, like when you remember the first time you walk into a store where you're like, what? This is incredible. Oh my gosh. And the flip side is you walk in the store like, oh my God, what is this? (laughs) Um, And, you know, I think sometimes, you know, our ideas can be seen as like, that bubbles on a page. Um, But when you get that three-dimensional thing, when you walk into that, when you can actually feel it, um, that changes all of your perspectives and all of your senses around what you thought you knew versus what you're actually experiencing right now. And so I'm so excited to see what the next one comes out. Yeah, like, yeah, I I can't wait. I can't wait to show you, Laura. And I think that's the challenge with digital is that it can feel very fragmented. To your point, you can have digital in retail, you've got social, you've got social commerce, you've got e-commerce, you've got marketplaces, you've got so many spaces and places now, which are digitally driven or digitally enabled, and it can feel um, quite um, disparate and fragmented um, when you're trying to plan for that connected brand experience but actually being able to pull that all together um, to your point in a single immersive experience so clients can understand how their consumers are um, experiencing their brand across all of those different channels I think is hugely powerful um, and really needed actually um, today in today's world. It really is. I think, especially since we've all, we've all, we've we've all been no, stuck inside for two years, and so how we're going to interact with technology, how we can interact with the shopper experience, is just going to change. And so, being able to be in an environment like that, um, so hopefully that fast track what that's going to feel like is is going to be awesome. And yeah. you know, and help so many clients. So we've done all this really cool stuff that are, are like amazing and awesome because of course you're an awesome and amazing game changer but um what does debbie do for debbie what do you do for your self-care um prioritize my family laura um i'm really driven by my large diverse family i have to say i was just um 
I was really reveling in the fact that I was able to put on lunch for 15 of my family members yesterday, it's Sunday, it's the first Sunday roast. And it really just drove home to me how important having the people I love and care about around me and how I want to do whatever I can for them to bypass some of the challenges and the experiences that I've had and and just um, help them with, with, with whatever's in my armory to help make them feel great, make them feel um, like they can achieve their potential and realise their potential. And it, it seems really altruistic, but it's what makes me happy. It makes me really, really happy seeing other people fly and do well and really achieve their own dreams and ambitions. So that's what I do for self-care. And it sounds like a really crazy answer because maybe I should say wallowing in a bath of bubbles or, um, you know, drinking a pot of chamomile tea. But actually just seeing people happy and fulfilled is is what drives me. No, it's a great answer because like that's the thing. It's like when you see what you're able to help make happen is that warms and fuels your soul. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's like you, you give you, what, what you give, you get, you get back so much more at the more you give the more you get back. And so like, I think it's a great example of this amazing self-care um, because again, you're putting yourself, that's your version of putting yourself first. And I love it. So it doesn't always, it isn't always about the bubble baths. It's like, what makes you feel really fantastic. Yeah. And sounds like that is so like, Go girl. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, and you know, looking back on all the stuff that you've done, what do you think you'd tell 18-year-old Debbie? Um this makes me feel a bit emotional because I I especially, you know, the last few years I've I've been thinking about it. Um Laura, you and I, you know, spoke about this before, but while I was at university. My now, my now husband, he's my husband, so we did things back to front, but we had our daughter whilst I was in the second year, my second year of university. And I don't know if anyone listening to this podcast will have parents like mine, but my mum was definitely a, you better finish university or bad things will happen to you. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so um, you know, I think it was a massive struggle um, being at university having a daughter at 19, um, um, working to keep a roof over our heads and food on the table. And I wish I could just say to my 18 or 19 year old self, it would be okay. Everything will turn out fine. And I think at, at that age, what's really nice is that you haven't experienced life. So you just run into it bold and and you don't know what what's going to come, but it was, it was a really hard time for me, probably the hardest I've had in my life so far and I I just wish I could give my 18 year old self a massive hug and just say you know I'm seeing you in a few years time and, and you did good girl oh that's wonderful uh she did more than good global digital officer just that you know like this <laughs> <laughs> there are not that many of them out there so like <laughs> no they're not you're right <laughs> They're kind of, they're, you know, she's a, she's a big boss lady, just saying. Um, and it's also just a, an amazing credit to you and your ability just to stick to it and, you know, and know that you, you'd find your way because yeah. why did you ever? <laughs> so, 
um, which is phenomenal. And I think a big inspiration to a lot of folks because um, whatever challenges you may have along the way, it's, it is about putting that one foot in front of the other and remembering to breathe and that you'll find your way somehow. Some yeah, way. completely, completely. And the other thing also I'd say is, you know, you asked me earlier, you know, what is it like being a woman in this, you know, in this field? And I think actually I brought a lot of um, constraints, restraints myself to the table. You know, I had, I had a self-doubt because of, you know, where I came from, my socioeconomic status and how I talk and the fact that I was a young mother. And a lot of that I brought to the table because I brought it to the table and I felt like I didn't have a, um, I wasn't worthy of being at the table. And I really wish I'd kind of given myself a big kick up the backside much sooner than than I did, because I think it would have made an even bigger difference. So your world domination would even been even bigger. I get it. I see it. <laughs> <laughs> you made me I, laugh. I, 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 it, it, it makes sense. It makes really good sense. But yeah, look, we all get that version of the imposter syndrome when you're like, wait, am I, how did I, what? I'm yeah. here. <laughs> really? <laughs> you're talking to me? Um, <laughs> Uh, and so it, it, it's hard and you know we and you have it in different in different phases of your life because again it's just it's unique and you feel like wait a second hold on um but the drive is like yeah you're supposed to be here like i saw a really interesting quote on those like instagram memes uh, uh yesterday and it's like stop worrying about the fact that like you're in this spot you're here for this particular spot for this particular reason and you deserve to be there um, and I needed that too, because I was like, you know, this is, as you know, this has been a, the craziest four weeks of my life. <laughs> so I, I needed to, like, I needed that too. Or like, all right, no, I'm supposed to be in this spot, right? This moment. Cause I deserve to be, I earned it. Um, yeah. so you now have to like, rem- we all have to remind ourselves of that. And then I think it also the ability to be humble and give ourselves grace around that, that like, not every day we're going to feel like we're a super woman. Um, and some of this will be kind of overwhelming and a little bit, a little bit challenging. So like 1000% understand that one entirely. Um, but we find it. And so last question for you. Uh, do you have a give and or an ask of the audience? Yeah. So I would say just off the back of what you had just, were just talking about Laura, my ask of the audience is to intentionally create spaces for other women. Um, I have been so lucky over the course of my entire career to have been have have such amazing cheerleaders in behind me, just pushing me forward, creating spaces for me in business intentionally. And I really work hard to pay that forward. And I would just ask everybody else to do this, to do the same thing, like, um, and be really intentional about it um, because it transforms our, the businesses that we're in. It transforms people's lives. It's the right thing to do. And Laura, you and I were just having a conversation around, you know, the real value of diversity in the workplace, you know, there's a real business value to it. And so we've all got to just get a bit more intentional about, about doing that. And I say also to senior people that are listening to this, um, listening to this conversation, you know, see what you can do to, to pay it forward or pay it back or whatever it's, you know, whatever the right statement is, but also find people that you can mentor and, and provide 
real advice around circumventing some of the challenges that you'd experience because I think there's nothing no greater gift than having another generation or or um, our peers circumventing the challenges that that we've experienced there's no point you know um, other people going through the same cycle that you did right so how do you use your experience and, and help other people build on that and learn from that more quickly, more effectively to the benefit of, of themselves. So true. Oh my God, so true. <laughs> it's like, and it's such a really important one. It's like, just because you had a nightmare getting to where you are, doesn't mean everybody else should go through the oh, same nightmare. Completely, completely. I'm all about like, fast track like I didn't go through this pain for someone else to go through the same pain (laughs) exactly it's like and keeping the and like lift as you climb lift as you climb and it's not just about mentoring people when they're young it's about like when you see an opportunity to put somebody in a space where they you know they should be they just haven't been given the opportunity and you have the power to give the opportunity give the opportunity yeah and also do you know what I think also is really important is just to tell real stories Laura like I remember seeing some of um my female bosses you know kind of as I started to become more senior and they did seem like super women like I was just like oh my god you've got like the perfect family the perfect job and and like it's just it's an awful rhetoric to um to portray right with um with our peers and, and with other women because no one is superwoman, right? Something has always got to give. And the, and the more that we manifest this, this perception of being a superwoman and not telling real stories and sharing the highs as well as the lows, we're just creating, you know, ridiculous amount of pressure on, on women to be something that's just not achievable. And it's okay. That's okay. You know, some days you're going to be an awesome businesswoman and other days you're going to be an awesome mother, but you know, having all of those plates spinning all at the same time on exactly the same day is just, you know, very few people can do that really. And I say that with seriousness. Yeah. I mean, I like, like there is, it, it is messy sometimes and like, it is horrible sometimes. And I think we have to be honest with the fact that like you can't be everywhere. You can't solve every problem. We all have really rough days. Um, and I think the more that we can let folks understand it, like, yeah, uh-huh, that was sucky. It was not, it was not fun. Um, the better off we all will be because we don't give people that um we give focus a kind of false sense of like, oh, it has to be this or it has to be that. And you know, that's not true. Yeah. Um, like, so, yeah. Uh, I, I would completely agree with you. Oh, well, Debbie, you know, you know, I have to just keep on chatting and, and we will very soon. <laughs> um, uh, but thank you so much for sharing your just incredible story um, with me. I mean, you just are such an amazing leader i am i am so honored to know you now and uh i can't wait to probably meet you in person and thank you so much for being part of 29 days of magic oh ditto lady i'm in awe of you and i'm really honored that um you give me some space on your on your podcast series like i really appreciate it um thank you and honestly the admiration is absolutely mutual. You're a, you're a boss lady and I'm so glad to share this stage with you. So thank you for having me.
Awesome. Thank you so, so very much. And we'll put details in the show notes to connect with, connect with you, Debbie, and see all the really amazing work that she puts together. Uh, it's fantastic. And that is our show.